he's going to pop on. Is he in the waiting room yet or no? Nope. No, oh, that's good. Exactly. Okay, so is he in the waiting room yet? You'll be the first to know when he is, I promise. All right. All <laughs> right. So you had you had sent him the link, correct, Tony? Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, I am so sorry. Are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? You are about to experience greatness. Welcome. I, I wonder what uh. I asked him to be like, hey, you know, we need to have a serious conversation. I want it to be quiet and all this. I told him that last week, you know, but it's funny because um, Kyle brought up a good point where you never know with Nyquist. He could be at soccer practice. He could be in his kid's school gymnasium. Driving. Like, like, yeah, dude, you, you just don't know. So, you know, if that's if that's it, I would, you know, let's just roll with the, go roll with the bunches, you know, roll with it, man. Um, did we need to introduce ourselves at all or like have an intro to since this is the first thing? Um, nope. T- t- too late for that conversation right now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Could, have say, I- Could have asked that 10 minutes ago, Justin. You had sent him the link, correct, Tony? Oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I am so sorry, dude. This should be part of the fucking podcast. If you spent, if you spent, if you spent half as much time thinking about if he was in the fucking waiting room as you did sending him the link, would be in a good spot. I know. Yeah. So, holy, shit. here we go. First podcast. Tony. Ah. Uh. Right, well, it's it's sent. Have we decided what we're going to call this? Can we put in the word horrible at all, or something to lower the expectations and knowing that this is just going to be a complete abomination of. It's just to control chaos. Tony, say the intro. Sorry. <laughs> All right. First podcast, stoked. Uh, first, uh, what are we doing here? First guest is going to be Ryan Nyquist, who is a 16-time X Games medalist. He was a Dutour champion, if you guys didn't know that. He's got 60 Dutour final appearances, which I'm wondering if uh, that's a blunder. The, here, uh, check this out. Here's the raddest one. He is the ABA King of Dirt champion multi-times. Just letting you know. That is actually on his Wikipedia. Pretty important. And uh, I think you're going to find this. Justin, you know what a... Tony, I'm, I'm, Tony, Tony, we're good. Tony, 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 we're good. I'm letting him in. I'm good. We're good. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Let him in. Are you there, buddy? <laughs> What's up, man? Yo. What's up, guys? <laughs> How are you? This- this feels oddly like some kind of intervention. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Hey, we got a, we got a call from your school. They're like, "Hey, he's we're getting to pick up the kids. You guys gotta yeah. get straight." That's down. that's all true stories. Damn it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Actually, we just wanted to sit you down for your uh, for your job interview, or no, not even an interview. Oh, it's your wow. review. Job review. It's oh, your job my, review. My review. Shoot. Well, first and first, I, my, the checks aren't arriving. So let's talk about that. <laughs> Shane, I'll leave, I'll leave that one up to you. Hey, you know what's kind of funny is, is we did a little review on your uh, little Wikipedia here, and it says that Ryan is considered one of the greatest and diversely skilled BMX rider ever. Do you write your own Wikipedia? Uh, I think if you scroll down even further, it says that I'm also a uh, a road bike rider and. Maddie Kramer is my father. So there's a couple other details in there that I'm not sure if are accurate or not. But um, 
Yeah. So some of it may be true and I, I don't have any control, nor do I know how to operate Wikipedia. So oh, a little bit of BS there. So anyway, hey, welcome to our first podcast, dude. You are Thanks, so man. lucky. And um, I think Shane, what are we going to call this thing? The poll podcast? Poll, controlled chaos, <laughs> shit show. What do, we, what do we call it, Justin? Yeah, Justin, <laughs> help us. We'll be a nice podcast. First yeah. ever. There it is. Super excited to have you, Ryan. Gonna be gonna be an awesome one. So Ryan, yeah. you know, you know everyone here, right? You know, you know Sour Grapes, which is Shannon, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Little Thunder, which is Justin, and then the Botox King, which is Shane, because he still looks like he's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. And then of, of course everyone's best friend Kyle. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hey, so uh, we have a bunch of, uh, well, not a bunch. We have a couple of questions that we all sort of like thought about asking you just to kind of get it going. And I sort of thought I heard Justin's question and it's, it's actually about the sport versus <clears throat> us just talking back and forth. What okay. uh, I'm going to let him start it off if you don't mind. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, man. So, you know, BMX freestyle is so, so diverse. I mean, competitions, street, park, um, Video parts, I mean, there's so many different aspects that you can go. With the video part and competition, I mean, how do you see social media kind of changing the game in, you know, rider promotion and, you know, event promotion for those those parts and for uh, those competitions? Yeah, um, I mean, you could answer that so many different ways. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about progression, um, the fact that people have access to the latest breaking tricks at their fingertips and it's refreshed by the minute um, has pushed progression like on a scale that we've never ever seen before in the sport um, you know uh, so there's that part of it of social media the other part is everybody can kind of be their own brand you know so they can really push their own um, agenda they can push their own events they can push their own products they can push their own writing um, so that's really changed the game as far as um, you know I guess the next thing would be sponsorships you know like uh, how companies look at riders and how they identify with riders and what they're actually looking for um, it doesn't necessarily take the best rider nowadays it could be the most relatable rider so um, social media has had is just a huge impact on our sport. And I mean, I think that's just something that's going to continue to, to progress and change our sport. Um, and then that's kind of been, I think the biggest challenge for a lot of riders figuring out how to manage that, you know, it's not only do you have to be putting the work in on the bike, but you have to be um, like a social media guru and be posting and replying and commenting and collaborating. And so it's, it's definitely been, um, it's a lot different than when I was uh, competing on the regular and Tony D was carrying my helmet to all the events. Um, it was very different. You know, you could just show up to an event and uh, do well and you got coverage and everybody was happy. And so um, now it's, it's definitely, you know, you have to like put in more time um, on the phone or computer and, and just really pay attention to this stuff. So yeah, definitely a big change since, uh, since early days of BMX freestyle. Yeah, I'm just disappointed. No one's, no one else is getting on the Fart Friday trend. I mean, I think you've done a great work there. So it's a bummer. Wife, but thank I you. think his wife retired the Fart Friday. I think Alan. Uh, so I just, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on a small hiatus. She was bummed to be in them, which I, 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 I regretted to inform her. She married me, so she married into Fart Fridays and Fart went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what happens when you marry uh, me. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's I you know I you think know it's what cool as I look at this screen, we you, you, Brian, you know, Justin Wall's your stunt double. I mean, geez. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll leave the hat on because that's where that's where the stunt double. The well, double game yeah, game. it's like the bottom parts right Justin, up. but the top parts Tony. You know, when when people realize that Justin's wearing a toupee, it's you Tony. Know, take I, off it, your hat for a second. I can't do that. I can't. It's it's sewing on. It's kind of like Joe Dirt's, you know, weave. Yeah. I can't. You know, it's 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 on, man. It's on. You remember that time in uh, at the Bull in the Alley, Ryan? Did you even know this when uh, Justin was there? It's one, I think one of the first times you met Shane's wife, but Justin was there and he had on a rock star beanie and he had his stuff. And then so Marnie, Shane's wife, comes in and she just starts asking Justin questions as if he's Ryan Nyquist. She, she oh, had really? no idea. It was yeah, the proudest it, moment of my life. <laughs> was, you are one handsome devil, man. That's yeah, one I was, I was like when that guy asked me if I was Eddie Fiola. I was like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Oh, man. Shannon. You're up. What's your question? You can take yourself off the mute if you want. Oh, I'm on mute. Now I'm off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I had one for Justin. I was bummed he didn't dye his goatee blue. For oh, Stormy, that would have been. Yeah, amazing. you really you really failed this first podcast. You could have came out with a bang, but yeah. That's all right. <laughs> next time, Wee Man's going to be sitting here next time. Wait, <laughs> that, that was, that was, that's actually something I was going to say. Remember when we were at Tehachapi, Shannon? And yes. out, of, out of the blue, Shannon pulls up the Wee Man uh, peg grind. Oh. Kyle, do you remember that at all? Or is that too early for your. Uh... Yeah. Should I, should I ask him how many uh, times did he have to attempt that to get the cover shot or. I think he was just stuck up there as far as I last I heard. <laughs> Talking about proudest moments, that was one of my proudest moments was being, uh, you know, I guess we man dress up as me and then making a cover. I was like, wow, yeah. that's even better than having a cover. You should have sent it in for contingency. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I might have tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question for Ryan is, I kind of think I asked him this once before, but maybe he could elaborate or some other people might want to know was, you know, obviously reading all of his accolades that Tony read in the beginning. And, you know, I didn't know you were such an avid road bike guy, but um, we can. Uh, <laughs> I, I was curious, like of all the events that you've been to all over the world, um, you know, talking with you about some of those events and hearing how some of them were so, so crazy with fans or people or the area, you know, what what would you know, in, in your memory, what would be one of those events that was probably like the scariest as in with like the people like, man, this is kind of, you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, X games, uh, like Philadelphia, um, early Los Angeles, like the Staples center. Um, those were pretty next level just because those stadiums were packed. I mean, they were full. And then um, on top of that, they didn't really have like a great exit strategy for the athletes. So you had all these thousands of people coming to these stadiums and filling these stadiums, but then they were just like, yeah, okay, so leave. And so you were trying to walk through these crowds. And I remember, um, I think it was LA, but my family had come to watch the event. And um, in order to get through the crowds without having to get stopped and basically take like an extra two hours to just move through it. I, um, I asked my old brother if he would walk my bike and wear my helmet and walk ahead of me. 
And so that way we could walk. And so people were like running up to him, no joke. Cause he, he do look like like same kind of body structure, shaved head, the whole deal. And so people were like running up to him and then with papers like, Hey, Ru Oh, Oh, well, I'm sorry. And he'd be like, Oh yeah, no worries. And then meanwhile, I was like this, you know, hood on walking around the side of them and just getting through it. So that way we could just go to dinner and enjoy like an evening with the family. Those were pretty insane events just because uh, the fans were there specifically to see like that event and, and those just the energy. And the, I don't know, it was just that I feel like was, was definitely like one of the apexes of BMX freestyle as far as, um, just the interest in the notoriety and going to these major venues and, and filling them. Like that was a huge massive thing um, to be a part of. So those are pretty cool. Uh, we had um, another event in like Guadalajara where we went and did a demo and that was cool because it, I mean, it wasn't like on that scale, but just the hype of the fans down there was insane. Like I've never been to like an event where we got out of the airport and there was a huge crowd waiting for us outside the airport. Um, to me, I, I'd never, ever experienced that before because, you know, like who would know when you're coming in, but they knew and they were waiting with signs. And it was like, holy mackerel, man. Like it was, that was pretty nuts. So those two stand out to me. I'm sure there's other ones as well, but like those, those two were just like, you really felt like, I mean, you were a rock star, you know, that's stuff wow. you'd only heard about. So. It must have been pre 9-11, huh? Because I think the information was a little easier to get or find out, you know, yeah, maybe. Something. I don't know. I mean, yeah. and, and then again, too, I mean, the distributor down there could have just, you know, oh, told true. people that was going on and made it a big deal. Either way, it was rad to be a part of it and rad to kind of experience that. But um, but yeah, those, those two really stand out to me as like, holy crap, like this is this is insane times right now. Yeah. The time we were together and uh, the group of us were together in Tucson and like Navy SEAL Team 4 found you. That didn't scare you. That scared me. That was a little scary. But he was he was a friendly. He was handing me like a coin. So I was like, OK, we're, that, we're good. I could have gone either way, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was pretty awesome for sure. In that Tucson trip, actually, the juiced up football player that I was poking at that was a fan of Ryan Nyquist. That could have been a yeah, bad. Uh, that guy was going to kick your I was, and I wasn't going to stop. I was going to, I was, I wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's lots of situations where, you know, like it's a flip of a coin, which way it could go. But luckily for me, um, I haven't had to be engaged in too many uh, of the, the negative sides of things. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm generally a pretty easy guy to get along with. So if I, if I run into people, whether they can rip my head off or not, I find a way to, to make them friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's that ginger charm, man. I, I'm I, in the same boat. It's the ginger yep. charm. Yeah, and then there's that other side where we just don't have souls, so it's like you, you know, yeah, you weigh it out. Is it just, <laughs> yeah, it's just too bad, right? yeah, it's like the lucky charm thing, huh? You guys just smile and everything just oozes out of you, so positive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought uh, I thought for sure you're gonna put the ABA King of Dirt as one of the craziest events you've ever been to. You know, I thought it was gonna oh. be. <laughs> That was only crazy because I didn't understand that you can't ride backwards on a track during the mains at the grands um, <laughs> and, and try to do a backflip over the smallest jump on the track. I just didn't understand the dynamics of BMX race at that time. Knowing now that you, you guys are probably behind the scenes, like ripping, just like, what is he doing? Stop him. Like, but yeah, I just, that was, here that was, you were concussed from the backflip, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could say that, but like, it was, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I was, I was hell bent on flipping something on the track and it just, it wasn't my day. 
all, yeah. all, all eyes on that 19 to 27 novice class for sure that weekend. Though. <laughs> big moments, big moments. That was, a, that was a huge moment. Hey, how many times did you, uh, how many times do you, if you had a guest, do the ABA King of Dirt? Ooh, um, I would say three, three ish, right? Four. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And you only raced that um, one of them? as far as like a standalone event. Um, oh, and the uh, yeah, I only raced, raced one grands and I made a huge impact. <laughs> so I was like, I think I'm done. I think I made my point here. I'm just, That's I'm going to quit on my head or so behind, whichever way you want to look at just it. Just walked away. Hey, I got one, I got one more kind of stupid question. Just looking at this. It says that you have 60 due tour final appearances. Would you, do you think that's because I asked Kyle about that. He goes, yeah, that's probably right. Because if you combine dirt and well, it was called street back then. Right. Or dirt. I don't even know if it was called park. Back yeah. Then. A street or park. Yeah. That's, that's probably correct. Um, I mean, we, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, cause early days we had five, five, uh, five events in a year. So right there, that's 10 you know, in a year. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'd say that's probably, probably accurate, which seems crazy. 60 events, 60 finals. That's nuts. Yeah. I don't that know is. half of these stats. I really don't like, so if I look surprised it's because I, I generally don't know a lot about myself as far as competition goes. How, how <laughs> about prepared to this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't play around. Yeah. How, how educate about, me. How about this one? The Panasonic shockwave dirt champion. Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you remember that, that was, Shannon? That's the GT. Yeah, that was the GT series. Yeah, yeah. those are the yeah. ones that were like on the beach. And um, I think we went to like Beaumont, Texas for one of them. Um, the, that was epic because they gave out, I mean, you know, as well as prize money and, and cool trophies, but they gave out like the shockwave like CD players that would CD not players. skip. They had like a uh they had like a 10 second <laughs> like they were read forward in the CD 10 seconds. So you could throw those things down and it would just never skip. Like I remember trying and I had closets full of these things. So I was set up for a long, long time. Hey, Justin, <laughs> a CD player is this thing. It's a called a compact disc and you used to put them in this player and push play. <laughs> was that before yeah. or after the Walkman? That was after. The Walkman was the first. It was after. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but at the same time yeah. as the Motorola telephone. I think, I think my grandpa had one of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. He probably did. <laughs> Tony, Tony, when did you first meet Ryan? Like what year? Fuck. 97. 97. It, no, late 96. No, 97. You're no. right. I'm sorry. It was February 97 when we saw the UFOs in um, Arizona. I don't remember the UFOs, but I remember we were driving up the seventeen. It was it was for the uh, cactus cactus the cup cactus or cup. Yep. Cactus, cactus cup. cup. And I remember on the phone with his mom. I'd never seen him before. I thought I thought I saw him maybe like doing a big note like a no footed can in BMX Plus or something. But he had a helmet on and this goofy ass goatee. And uh, and I remember calling his mom saying, "Hey, what do I look for?" As he's getting off the airplane, I had no idea what he looked like. I think I was late. And I was uh -oh. at a payphone calling his mom and, and she was telling me, you know, what was going on. But, I, you know, so if I can just tell a quick story. So, you know, that was in 97. It was really are you, are you Are you are you asking if you can tell a story? Because it sounds like I need to do it. I now. need <laughs> to ask a quick. I, I just need to tell a go, funny go, quick story. Go. I need to ask this a quick story. This is the Tony D podcast. Yeah, okay, this, it is. So, Tony, what, what was your first year of racing? It's just, okay, let me tell you, it was 19. No, 
I just want, one, I want to, one, I want to let you know, I was, I, I was actually starting something when I was asked how long. Oh, you no, you go, not, you go. No, Tony, it's okay. As you were. <laughs> well, continue. I just want to tell you how wrong I am at life. And, okay, and Ryan, you know. Ryan's success is absolutely one of them. And this was <laughs> at the event. He had a big old comp three on the front. His bike was roached out. It looked horrible. He couldn't oh. flip. And all he could do was like no foot of can-cans and kind of a 360, but he kept oh. hanging up. I remember calling the Haro boss going, dude, I don't know what's going on. We did not pick the right guy because we had lost Todd Lyons. And I said, dude, I, this guy, guy named Brad Lusky, I, I, he still represents Ryan today. Brad, Brad, we got a problem. TJ Lavin is the guy, blah, blah, blah. We did it. And then um, clearly I was right in all this because Ryan absolutely sucks and is not the mm -hmm. considered the greatest and most diversely skilled BMX riders ever. Sorry. So yeah, that that is that is partially correct. Your years are a little bit off. There, the first year at Cactus Cup, um, I wasn't hanging up on the jumps, but the second year where it was inside, I was hanging up on the jumps, and it was like Jay Miron was there and a bunch of guys, and the jump was very difficult, and you had to like, I guess, pedal a lot harder than I could at the time. This is pre uh, my racing career at the Grands. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I could not 360 the jump for the life of me, like hanging up bike racking. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong to think that I wasn't going to be, uh, an amazing rider and like that based upon one contest, but, uh, I like to think I'd polish myself up a little bit and my bike wasn't that ratty, dude, you sent me all the parts. So that's, that's your fault then. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Please all right, Kyle, Kyle, go ahead, Kyle. What's up? <laughs> I just first first want to know if you've actually known somebody for 25 years, would you base an interview off their Wikipedia? Because I think I, I think Tony just did that. He did. So, all right. So I've had to work with Tony quite a bit recently with everything we're doing at USA BMX. And an example of a normal Tony Dism is where he keeps asking me, is Ryan in the waiting room to come to this? And I'm like, Tony, did you send him a link? And he's like, oh no, I forgot to send the link. So that literally just happened. So yeah. with your history, which I didn't read about on Wikipedia, can you tell us one or two like <laughs> stories when Tony D was steering the ship? I'm sure something incredible happened. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, did did, did he ever fly? Did he ever fly you to Washington D.C. instead of Seattle, Washington, or something like that? Like, no, but um, like one of the very first times I got to hang out with Tony um, was at like a Harl sales meeting. So Tony's in, you know, he's the team manager. He's in charge of me, you know, like the athlete, he's brings me there to be able to say hello and do all this stuff. And, uh, and Tony, you know, he was a partier in those early days. You know, you may not think that now seeing him, uh, cower inside his hotel room at eight 15, just shying away from all people. Tony was out there. He was, I, he, he had a nickname called, he, he had a nickname Tony cut a lot of rudo because he would go out on the dance floor and just be cutting a rug nonstop. So, so he's changed a lot. Um, but during those uh, sessions of cutting a rug and impressing the ladies out there, uh, Tony uh, might have had a little bit too much to drink. And Tony might have crawled back to the hotel room and was uh, uncontrollably vomiting in the hotel room that he was sharing with the brand new athlete on Haro. So uh, I took it upon myself to jump right into that team manager role to take care of my athlete, Tony D who couldn't control himself on the dance floor. And I walked to seven 11, got him some crackers. I got him some, uh, some seven up because that's what my mom gave me when I had a tummy ache. So, um, I went ahead and, and took care of Tony the, like one of the first times we hung out and, and, uh, ever since he's, uh, he's, he's done a pretty good job of taking care of me, but, uh, 
Yeah, Tony, Tony's, Tony does a good job uh, when it comes to keeping uh, things, I think, like you're, in the early you're days. Digging, always, you're digging deep, Ryan. You're digging deep. No, I'm trying to figure out a way to say it because like, he, he would always keep things interesting and fun. Um, and, and I think in those early days, I might have been a bigger pain in the butt as an athlete that was climbing the ranks and stuff. But, uh, but I, I, got, I got very little complaints. I got a lot of, I mean, I got a lot of really good, fun stories with Tony, but that, that one probably is the, the funnest one because I think I was a fresh 18, maybe, or 17. I don't know. Um, so it was, it, was, it was a good experience for me to be like, oh, this is what grown men do. <laughs> he comes right. into the bathroom. He has a, pat, he has pat a my back. He, he pats my back and he goes, "Are you okay, buddy?" I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm fine." And he just uh, comes back. Yeah, yeah. He leaves and comes back with the seven up and the stuff. And that was a rough. I thank you if I hadn't thanked you for that before. But yeah, thank Ryan. You he he booked us. He booked us for the Milwaukee competition we just came back from in freaking Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. I heard. I heard. <laughs> it's a slight exaggeration. Jeffrey Dahmer happened to kill someone in that yeah. establishment. <laughs> All that research on one Indian person. Can it research a hotel? It's like killed and eat. People, <laughs> yeah. This is what Kyle loves about me, dude. I, I go to hotels.com and pick the cheapest thing, and Kyle hates that about me. Oh, I, 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 I there's there's more he hates. I, I, I travel for a living, so I try to do things right. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. And I will and I will throw it out there just for the record. That's definitely the hotel Ryan you and I stayed at when we went to Milwaukee like 11 years ago. Was it really? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So we we we've, we've been there so and All right. All right. We're locals. Yeah, basically. Ba ba basically we handled it much better than them, I would say. I, I think so. Hey hey Ryan, just real quick, just so you know, I've got this here cuz I got called after we scheduled this. I've got to do a board meeting. And we're oh, actually wow. going to talk about something that impacts you, but I've got to do a presentation. And so I'm going to have to jump off this call and unfortunately okay. will not be able to uh, finish the interview. Shane, Shane, leave him with your question. He can talk about it without you. Yep. That's cool. So, <laughs> Hey, real quick, Ryan. Um, yep. Came back from Tokyo. We're in North, Cary, North Carolina. And uh, you know, you're, you're literally a week there or back in the U S and uh, you, at that event, you got to hang two freestyle medals on your, your son's necks. Right. So it was kind of cool. Cause I just watched your, watched your face, but I don't know if you remember this, your hands were shaking. So um, you need to tell the guys, I, I want to hear about this. I'm going to have to actually, you know, watch the podcast to hear your answer. Yeah. But I, I, that was one of the big questions I was like, what was that like as a dad? Right. Just, uh, but um, yeah, as you answer that. <laughs> yeah. Um, have fun in the board meeting. <laughs> yeah, thanks, bud. I hope you win. <laughs> uh, if I win, you win, and you'll understand when uh, I, you, you figure out what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I, well, I, we'll have Tony add that to the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Um, yeah, that, that was that was a very cool moment for me because um, I don't know. It's it, when you when you start getting older, and and I've had my fair share of of awesome experiences and accolades and stuff, but then seeing like, you know, my son Jameson and, and him working through the, like working through planning contest runs and tricks and stuff like that. And then to see it kind of come together for him um, and then being able to kind of put a medal on his head. It's like, it makes me super proud, you know, like it's, it's, I know it's different when it's your own kids, but I have like way more kind of like these, 
you know, teary-eyed moments now than I ever did as like a professional rider. And maybe that was because, you know, like I was doing it like almost every single weekend. And so if you're, if you're doing it well, you're getting awards and you're getting these trophies and stuff and it, it that effect kind of starts wearing off. But with my sons, it's like, oh man, like it's just, it's just crazy. That doesn't seem to wear off, you know? And then he doesn't have a lot of those trophies and stuff, but that one for Jameson and for my youngest Finn, who, you know, never entered a contest for him to get a medal. It was like just a really rad, um, rad moment. Just, I don't know. I, I just remember being like, this is so cool. And then, you know, like I have a photo of, of me with them. I, it was just, it was really cool to see them kind of show an interest in something that I've loved for so many years. And then, you know, like with Jameson being able to help him and kind of coach him through a run and, and see him work so hard at it. It's just, I don't know. It's like proud dad moment. Is it, do you get n- nervous? Like I, I see you as being a pretty relaxed dad, you know, and, and maybe I don't see the real Ryan, but when they're out there doing their thing, is it, what is that like for you? Um, th- there's nerves, but it's, it's more because, um, I'm like hypersensitive to like being that dad out there. That's like yelling at the kid or, or feeling disappointed because they didn't set out to do what we thought they were going to do. Like I'm, am insanely sensitive to that so i am nervous i'm nervous i don't want to see them get hurt i don't want to see them um you know crash or whatever but as far as if they don't pull their run or let's say they do crash but they're okay like that's all part of it and if they can learn at a young age that that is part of bmx freestyle or part of life that's such an important lesson so i'm not nervous for them to fail um i obviously want to see them succeed but like I'm not nervous for them to fail or do bad at a contest because that's just going to happen. And so if they can have those lessons and learn that, Hey, the harder I work, the better this might turn out. Like, I feel like that's a, that's something that's going to carry them further through life. So I do get nervous. It's not for the fact of like, I really hope that I can get a gold medal and put their gold medal next to my medals or whatever. It's like, it's more just kind of like, I, I just don't want to see them kind of get hurt and, um that's probably the main thing you know it's like i i just i'm not the guy that can watch those fail videos now like i cringe and just scroll right up you know so if it's my kid uh that gets hurt in fact one time they we had to go to the hospital and and he had to get staples i think my oldest had to get staples in his head and at one point everybody in the room stopped and looked at me and was like okay and i was like yeah i'm good and they're like sit down and i was like why and they were like just sit down and it turns out i was like flush like pale green and they were like people pass out all the time (laughs) with their loved ones getting stuff like that so i learned then that's that's a big thing that affects me i can watch you know (laughs) other people crash that aren't part of my family but when it comes to people i care about like i have a hard time with that so i'm i'm a firm believer that tristan your oldest son is your best son do you agree Mm -hmm. with me um, you know, as, as a, a father of multiple, uh, of multiple sons, I don't know if I can essentially agree with you, but Tristan has some insanely awesome moments. Um, so I will agree with you in that some of those moments that, um, I think has made him your favorite were pretty epic. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one, this is a number of years ago. This is, I don't even know if Jameson was born yet. He might've only had Tristan. He might not have been. We were at, uh, <laughs> 
some skate light retreat on like an island outside of uh, Seattle. You had to like take a, mm-hmm. a, a seaplane out there. And they had like a petting zoo. And Tristan was probably like five. He was really young. And there was a goat. And Tristan goes, oh, man, that goat has a really silly looking penis. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like. And the goat, the, yeah, goat, you're right, the, man. Goat, the goat had a silly looking penis. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was just the timing of it and the comment and the way he phrased it and coming out of like a little kid's mouth. It was just like, oh, dude. Yeah, he does. And, and at that point on, he was the goat for Kyle, like the greatest of all time. <laughs> you can have as many more kids as you want, but he's still number one to me. Yeah. I like the one, I like the one that break dances. The youngest. Um, yeah. The youngest. He's, he's, a, he's quite a dancer right now and he's not, he's not scared of it. So we're trying to make those opportunities come out as much as we can, because we know at some point, you know, he's, he's probably not going to want to dance in front of people. So, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a little dancer. He's a little musician guy, loves music. That's rad. Hey, we're up. We're up just over thirty minutes now. So I think. Uh, oh, thanks, thanks. We had a good yeah. going. Get the hook. Get the hook. No, that was that was it. Finn, Finn the breakdance is the one that threw up on me, right? Is that the yeah. right one? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I love how this is like such a close knit group of people that we all have these stories about my kids doing weird stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was there was nothing weird about my story with Tristan. No, nothing weird at all. That was just funny looking penises, goat penises. Well, he kept he kept showing me when we were in Cary that he could break dance, and that's when they had talked about break dancing being in the Olympics. And I was like, man, you could be like a dual dual sport athlete. You could be a guy, then take it on over to the you know the break dance course. We'll call it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then uh, you know, I was like, man, you got you got two shots here. You know, if you take it, take it that far. Yeah. Here, here's this isn't my question, but I just sort of thought of it. So your kids play sports too, right? Like soccer and I don't know what else. Forgive me, but do you um, is it the same sort of joy? So like what you were talking about at carry, you know, and you're putting it around. You're like super proud and and stuff like that. And then let's say they win a soccer game or one of them gets a you know a goal or or whatever sport they're in that achievement of the day. Is it that same sort of deal, or do you think because you're you are who you are with your accomplishments. It's, it's weighted like more towards BMX, you know? Um, no, I, I love seeing them kind of give it their all and whatever that is. I, I mean, um, I always told my wife, Allie, I was like, I just, I don't care what it is. I want them to find something they're passionate about. So if that spikes cool, I can help guide them, you know, with the knowledge I've acquired through the years. If it's something totally different, like that's fine too, because I'd be okay with learning something new and how to support them with that. So, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating all successes, you know, like whether that's on the soccer field, uh, lacrosse climbing, uh, my oldest son, Tristan does fencing from time to time. So it's like, I'm into all that stuff and I want to introduce them to as many things possible. So that way they can find that thing that they love. Cause I I'm lucky. Cause I found that from an early age, I loved playing soccer. Eventually that transitioned into BMX freestyle. Um, but I, I was able to follow my passion and do that for a living. I don't know if that's something they're going to be able to do or not, but like, I want them to at least have that opportunity to find that thing that they love. So, so yeah, like when they're, trying their hardest and putting the time in and working for it. Like, I love that. Like, that's the part that I celebrate, you know, is like, like if you went out there and did your best and, and whether that amounted to a medal or a trophy or whatever, like 
if I see them pushing hard, like I'm insanely proud, you know, because there's a lot of people that uh, I feel like kind of just can go through the motions and stuff. And I don't want that for them. Like I want them to be able to give it their all, whatever they're doing, you know? And so that's something that was kind of instilled in me at a younger age. And hopefully I can, uh, can show them how, you know, giving a hundred percent to everything you do um, eventually pays dividends. Good answer. Did you did you did you read that off a script or is that really what you feel? It's yeah, it's it's right here on my, on my Your phone. Your wife that. No way you just said <laughs> yeah. all that. Yeah. It would have been it would have been way it would have been way more interesting if you were all like, I don't care what they do or if they're happy, whatever. Yeah. That was a stock yeah. dad answer, Ryan. You, you're better than these stock. Okay, dad sorry. Answers. Let me do this. Let me let me let me do this again. I mean, I have 16 X Games medals, bro. You think a stupid soccer trophy means anything to me? Get out of here, dude. Look at this. Get out of here. <laughs> that was better. So yes. So after your after your wedding ring story and the sand, I don't ever doubt you give everything a hundred percent, Ryan. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, that's that was a that was something where I was about I was ready to give it a thousand percent. My my <laughs> wife, uh, we went to the beach with the kids in Santa Cruz, and she was putting sunblock on the kids and stuff, and she took her rings off and put it on the blanket, and then forgot that they were there. So then when we packed up, you know, we were getting the sand off the blanket and the rings two rings just went into the sand and i remember being like okay for one those are our wedding rings so there's a big sentimental value there two they were expensive so i'm not just about to like throw that away um but three i think we could find these and so i like found the area again and charted off and got like metal detectors and like basically went through like a gridded area of just finding these things and i found both of them and she was like oh I, i'll never forgive for this she was like why don't we just forget about this and go get tattoos and i was like because there's wedding rings in the sand that i bought for you so they mean something maybe they mean more to me than they do you i don't know but i'm not trying to get a tattoo today like i'm trying to get, get these rings so i was like so that means i got to come out here all week guess who's going to support me in that decision? The person right here that lost those rings. So right, exactly. yeah, no, I, I am, I am, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also very, uh, like I say, I give a hundred percent and everything, but I'm also like the guy that uh, also gets like that 80% in like projects. And then I'm like, man, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's, that's good enough. You're like, <laughs> so, you're like peace out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like an 80 percenter on, on a lot of things. And I, I hate that because you know, uh, it leaves for things to be uh, less than what they could. And then also when it comes to my wife, she's kind of like, we should just really pay someone to do it next time. And I'm like, oh, I'm losing this battle here. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I get the last question and then we're going to wrap this thing up. And, and sorry if this is too deep or maybe it's not too deep. But my question for you is, Mr. Ryan James Nyquist, what makes you feel appreciated? Um, appreciated? I think oh, white claws. I think like white claws. <laughs> white claws. Cold white, cold mango white claws. Um, yeah. You know, I, it's it's. I think thank yous go a long way. I think thank yous uh, are a very basic way of showing someone that uh, they did something nice and that you appreciate it. Um, I'm I'm very much. I mean. 
like I've handwritten notes, letters, stuff like that. It's just, it's just the effort that goes into stuff like that. So, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, you know, gifts, if you guys want to buy me gifts, do you appreciate me? Buy me gifts. Um, not that much, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's, there's a lot of simple things that you can do to make a person feel like, uh, just, appreciated or to let them know that you appreciate them or that the work they put into something is, is valued. And that sometimes that's a thank you or a hug or like a high five or a handshake, whatever. But like, you know, they're all forms of basically just like showing that. Um, and that's like a, a pet peeve of mine too, is like, you know, something as simple as like on the daily, like letting someone in uh, to your lane, that's trying to get in, you leave them a little space, right. So they can pull in wave, just wave. Yeah, you gotta get and, in the- and Dude, and so many people don't, and that to me is a, a pet peeve of mine because I was like, how hard was it for you to just do like a little one of these, right? Or like uh, even like if if you can't turn around and give me the whole thing, just give the hand and say thank you. I was like, it's just that kind of stuff, right? And that's the kind of thing that I think people could take for granted because I think if you just said thank you to a lot of people, like it go a long way. I even go out of my way sometimes when I do like, I don't know, like something nice and someone doesn't say something, I give the quick or not, or not. Like, you know, it's like, oh, here you go. And they don't say thank you. I'm like, oh, or not, or not, like not at all. And it's just like, man, like that was, you could have just said thank you. So I don't know. So yeah, I guess uh, long story short, uh, a nice thank you or a high five or a hug goes a long way with me. Well, we will end it on that if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being the first guest, dude. Absolutely. Thank you guys. That was thank awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, you're you're number one in many things in our hearts. Oh man, thank you guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.